0: From years of anxiety to warrior and mentor, Bradley Robinson created the Anxiety Project to help you end your anxiety naturally. Let's mold the new you and let's end anxiety together. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Anxiety Project podcast. This one, 250, we're talking about the three big desires of human beings are three big desires the first one we're diving into it right away we're starting off big it's our desire for stability now it makes sense but why does it make sense why do we desire stability because too much uncertainty well that fuels anxiety that fuels hopelessness meaninglessness right we need stability in our lives because we are routine creatures after all. Now, if you are new to the podcast, welcome. I do have a YouTube channel, so go check out the Anxiety Project YouTube channel. I post videos and meditations there as well. If you're interested in NoFap, which is the abstinence of pornography and masturbation, which I highly endorse and I do uh, on a daily basis, I have videos there as well. So I post anything self-development-wise and, you know, and I post videos. I have I have hundreds of videos on anxiety and all, all areas of anxiety. So go to that channel. Check it out. Leave your comments. Join this community. But now let's get back to, into the desire for stability because we need stability in our lives. And if we wake up with so much uncertainty, well, how do you navigate? How do you contend with all this uncertainty? Well, adding stability. A routine. That's why I highly recommend if you're uh, a follower of the channel, you know that I recommend a night routine, a morning routine, and in between making sure that these domains of your life are properly, uh, what would you say, cemented, like relationships or they are um, a job or routine or finances, things like that. But having enough certainty on a daily basis regulates anxiety. It really does. The more particular pattern is repeated, the more habituated it becomes. So an example of this is sticking to a morning and night routine. Massive, okay? Starting a new job will throw your system out of whack. Starting something new, getting into a new routine will throw you out of whack. But over the next two months, if you stick to this new routine, your body and mind will adjust to it. That's habituation, right? Continuously involuntarily pursuing this uncomfortable novelty, and then you adjust to it and... It's like exposure therapy. If there's something you're fearful of, you continuously expose yourself to it until your system becomes bored of that particular thing. And that's really important to understand about the mind. So let's look at another example of habituation, a cat who, well, if you move a cat from one apartment to the other, it doesn't like that because a cat will, in a new environment, go into all nooks and crannies, explore the environment until it gets bored of it and until it it becomes familiar, and then it can calm down. It's like a rat being placed in a new cage, right? In a new cage, the rat's like, oh my God, I don't know where I am. I have to explore this until I can finally calm down. But it doesn't calm down until it just explores and explores and explores. It just gets used to the new environment. And we can also see that when a child is given a new caregiver. You know, that's not good. Children do not like that because children rely wholeheartedly on that relationship of that caregiver. But if a child is continuously exposed to different caregivers, oh my God, that's not good. It's the it they their mind will be thrown out of whack and they themselves will not like that at all. And so if three or more areas of a person's life is unstable, then they can easily fall into the anxiety monster. So what are these areas of someone's life? I mentioned this earlier, relationships. Job, friends, routine, finances, passion projects that you do at home outside of work. If these are thrown up in the air, you know, three of them, but imagine all of them thrown up in the air, then you're in anxiety all the time. Anything is unstable. So your anxiety system is on. Makes sense because now you have to pay attention to everything because you're in an environment where you you don't understand. You're in a place you don't understand. So everything becomes relevant and it's like overwhelming. You're emotionally drained every single day and you're continuously revved up. That's not good. So what I found with me is that having a strict routine I set for myself on a daily basis that nobody can take away from me. It's my routine. If I have to get up earlier to do it, I have to get up earlier to do it. But having something that nobody can take from me will help me fortify myself against the randomness of life that can disrupt my stability and my mental well-being, right? And, and that's something you have to replay that over again because that's that's huge. You have to have stability and you have control over this. That's the thing. There are things that you don't have control over in life, okay? But then there's things that you do. You have control over what you do on a day-to-day basis. You have choices and you can, you can engage in these choices or habits every single day and this can buttress yourself against the randomness of life you don't have control over the weather you don't have control over you know what's going to happen at work with your what your boss is going to say or what they're doing what other people are doing but you do have a choice in what and how you act in the world how you maintain that stability In your immediate surroundings. You have choices around your apartment, your house, friends. You have choices in what you eat and the micro routines that you engage in on a day-to-day basis. Those are your choices, okay? So stress can arise randomly at any point. It can arise at work. It can arise at school. It can arise arise in a relationship, in family. If, if you give in to say, you know, you sleep in or you give into alcohol or drugs, or, you know, you give into those temptations, you know, you need to do something difficult, but then you give into watching Netflix or something, right? You give into fast food. Um, you know, you turn your back on those high standards you, you, you set for yourself and then what happens when the randomness of life pops up? You're not going to be ready for it. It's going to pop up and it's going to eat you. That's the thing. It's going to pop up and it's going to take you under. You're not going to be ready for it, but you could have been if you were awake enough. If you're making the sacrifices every day, towards the unknown towards chaos because we know chaos is there you know be alert be uh, well be aware that chaos is there but how do you buttress yourself fr- to that from that chaos that's the question that's the question it's voluntarily confronting it on your own terms so that you are Awake enough, that and prepared enough, so that when it does pop up, you're going to reflexively engage appropriately with that chaos and be forthrightly, um, forthrightly determined and motivated to contend with it, because it's like, hey, you know what? I'm ready for it, you know? You, you stack enough wins behind yourself that you look in the mirror and you have a lot of self-respect, you feel healthy, you feel mentally clear, you, you're well rested, you're, you, you, you got the exercise in, you got the nature in, you're feeling good, you're, you're awake enough because you've made proper sacrifices so that when chaos pops up, it's not going to be so debilitating and challenging. So when life becomes too much, so when things become too much, maybe one area of your life is disrupted. And yeah, I noticed that with myself. If one area gets disrupted, I'm like, oh my God, I got to reconstitute. You know, I got to work harder to keep up with the chaos. I got to make more sacrifices. I can't just sit and play a video game. You know what? I got to go outside and spend time with myself in the grass, just sit with myself, or I got to go for a walk. I got to go to the gym. I got to... You know, when 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 that stress comes about, the body just tightens up, and and I notice within me that when it does, I have to release that. I need to talk to myself. How do I manage this? How do I manage this? That's the fundamental question, isn't it? Well, one of them, even. I mean, how do you manage th- suffering? That's that's the Buddha story. How do you transcend suffering, man? And he he was motivated enough just by witnessing that suffering in society, he was motivated enough to seek the answers to that. Truth. all right? Truth. Now I turn to meditation. I turn to exercise. I turn to nature, journaling, especially. I just need to I just need to run through what I'm feeling. Okay, what's making me fearful? Okay, this is making me fearful this i'm uncertain about these things okay well how do i contend with that how do i move forward in 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 those areas and like yeah man but you you can't address it or you can't formulate any sort of pathway forward if you distract yourself with a with a netflix show that's the reality of it the next i would say fundamental desire of human beings is the desire for growth and for uncertainty yeah we crave uncertainty because yeah too much chaos you know that's not good too much order not good because that's the thing that's what we need to explore in this in this area of the podcast is too much order too much certainty we're bored with how things are I've had these moments in my life where I was working jobs where i was bored you know you know at first they were stimulating but after months or a year of working them they're so routine and then your your home life is so routine that you unconsciously seek out chaos to rattle things up rattle existence up shake things up a little bit So the more comfortable we become in our lives, the the more we desire unknown and novelty. Why? Why do we desire this? Well, in novelty, that is where we generate new perceptions over ourselves and the world. Voluntary exploration in the unknown this stimulates new circuits within the brain. And this builds on our character. We learn, we grow. Simple. We learn and we grow. Makes sense. We remember the really hard times. Remember going to school younger when you you enter grade five or grade six, whatever, and you just remember the day one or day three or, you know, the first Couple weeks, you remember that, but you don't so much remember when things become comfortable. We always hold on to those, the, the, those memories that come to mind are the ones that are really difficult. I remember starting jobs and learning how to learning computer software programs, for example, and being overwhelmed. And I remember those days more than the days where I was comfortable, right? I remember the days where. The, The days that were the roughest, right? They were the most challenging. And that's because they're stimulating. We're growing in the midst of those challenges. So if someone doesn't seek the unknown regularly, they can do it unconsciously. Right? So if you're if everything's, you know, stable around you, overly stable and comfortable, and it gets boring. Well, you seek drama. You know, it could be in a relationship. You cause the drama. You you know, you're projecting outwards your frustrations onto other people, maybe at work even. You're projecting, um, you know, what you don't like. But, you know, you continuously talk about the negative elements of the job, for example. You see that all the time with people. And, you know, maybe the job ran its course, and it's boring now, and it's mundane, it's unfulfilling, unsatisfying, right? You seek alcohol, drugs, one-night stands to add that novelty into your life. And we watch shows like that where there's a man who's a womanizer, and he's sleeping around, and looks exciting, you know, new experiences every night or it's like the woman who you know seeks novelty through could be anything relationships as well could be you know men and women they seek novelty through the latest iphone purchase right it's like oh something new something new yeah i'm so used to having iphone 10 right i'm i want iphone 11 it's like yeah absolutely So, to bring meaning into existence, we desire growth. Simple enough, right? But the thing about growth is we have to start from square one. And that's no joke. Because if you're starting a new job, you're going into a new course at school, or you're going into a martial arts class for the first time, you're going to feel like a fool. You're gonna feel like this isn't for you. You're going to be bad at it. You're going to make mistakes. It's no joke, but you show up anyways, week after week, right, you persist through this real tough time. And then after a month, you look back and you're like, you know what, man, I think, I, I think I'm getting the hang of this, or it becomes a routine. And when it becomes a routine, the body and the, well, the mind and the body spend less time debating whether or not you should do it, but understands, hey, you know what? Even though Brad doesn't like it, he's still going to show up anyway, so might as well not dwell on it too much anymore, right? He's showing up anyways, right? Because at first, you're, you're just... Thinking, you're spending so much time, you're like, huh, you know, is this for me? Should I even go tomorrow? I don't know if this is gonna work. And you spend all that mental energy on on that debate. But since you keep going and the mind goes, Yeah, you know, I'm growing, I'm learning, I'm actually gaining some skills, and Brad's showing up week after week, day after day, you know, might as well not dwell on it so much. And it's like It's like the rat in the new cage, where it's like, yeah, you you explore it long enough and it becomes routine, it becomes habitual, all right? And so, but we need that novelty in the first place. We need that growth. Starting a new book, for example, or listening to podcasts you're not familiar with, very, very stimulating. And so by venturing into uncertainty, We reconstitute our knowledge structure by incorporating the new information and letting go of the old information. Our overall character is enhanced. We can no longer see the same person. And it's like Dr. Jordan Peterson says, you know, would you rather be friends with what you don't know or friends with what you already know? Because there's a lot more that you don't know. So, might as well be friends with that because that's where you grow. What in what you already know? Like, what do you know? What do I know? I don't know, but you got to stumble forward towards something better. And it might be vague. But And you're going to feel like a fool. You're not going to really understand what you're doing. But it's like you have to be willing to be that fool. And then the fool becomes the master. Here are three steps to change. The first step is you recognize the habits. Open your eyes to habits that you want to change. So that's your definition of bad habit. Right. So I had to look internally and say, okay, what could I do daily? And just, you know, I had to trust in what was coming up from my unconscious mind. Yeah, I'm drinking too much coffee. Okay. That was one of my first challenges I ever did was reducing my caffeine intake. And I was bad at it. I, you know, but you stumble forward, right? You, you start with one cup and then you, maybe you, you fall back another day and have two cups or three cups, right? And then you go, okay, yeah, I can't do that. And you have to go back to the one. And then I gradually went to half and half and then eventually full decaf coffee. And, you know, that's, that was one of the challenges. And, you know, you have to set the bar low enough so that you can attain the win and then once you attain the win, you, you say, Hey, you know what? I, I can do that. What else could I do? Because you don't want to set the bar so high that you just can't reach it and then you're hopeless, right? And it's like, well, I can't reach it and I, I can't do anything. And you fall into you, you fall down all these levels of abstraction into I'm a bad person, and then you fall into depression. But it's like, well, you set the bar too high. Okay. What about setting the bar? This amount, how about instead of doing it three times a day, whatever it is, if it's like watching pornography, for example, maybe try if you can't get to none a day, try and get it to maybe one a day for a week, and then maybe two times a week. And it's like you have to build on the wins enough, right? So each person is different depending who you are. For me, It took me a long time to get those wins. I'm a guy who who has to do it one small step at a time to get to where I'm going, man. Like if you knew my my uh, journey with pornography, you'll see, man. It was no joke because uh, you know I'm four years clean now, but you have to understand when I was within the first year, I was failing like mad. It was a really really tough journey to go through, but you have to stumble forward. You have to get some wins under your belt in order for you to grow. So we need uncertainty. We need, we, and that's what I mean by the desire for uncertainty is like, well, it's better than being comfortable with where you are because, you know, having some sort of aim to strive towards, that's uncertainty, Right? You're uncertain whether you're going to even get to where you want to go. But along the way, you discover new parts of yourself. Like, hey, you know what? I, I can handle this anxiety when I'm out at a movie theater or out on the subway. I can manage this. Um, you know, I can go a day without watching pornography or not drinking or not eating a chocolate bar, right? I, I can do it. You have to show yourself that you're capable of, of more. I can read a, a challenging book, whatever it is. You are capable of more, but it's difficult. And, you know, being a part of this community with you guys, I find that we're all, str- we're all striving and struggling towards something better, right? That's what we're doing. That's why you're here. We're just trying to struggle. And maybe you're in a job that you don't particularly know if if it's what. You don't know if it's going to be worthwhile. You're in this really fuzzy, foggy period. But then you just get up and you do it anyways because, I mean, there's potential. It could get better. Maybe not. But it's the faith that things could be better. It's the faith. You know, it's the striving towards something better. And also what you do behind the scenes, that matters. So maybe the job is unfulfilling, but maybe behind the scenes you can look for something else or you can go to the gym or you can spend time with your partner or go for a walk or drink calming teas or, you know, giving back to yourself having something worth fighting for behind the scenes that bring a lot of meaning to you will help buttress yourself against the fogginess of you know the unknown job or the unknown relationship or the unknown in general, the unknown in general, yeah. Our third big desire is for love and connection. While I was working on my anxiety, you know, this was years ago, when I was suffering from agoraphobia, I was spending much time at home, much time in bed, couldn't even get out of bed. I was craving for family to come over. Everyone was at work doing something and I was at home alone and I was craving for connection or just reassurance, right? Reassurance. I felt alone. I felt like I I was going crazy. It was a really bad time, but I noticed when I started to work towards the betterment of my well-being and get myself out of agoraphobia, I was spending a lot of time at coffee shops, at the library, growing, reading books on anxiety, watching videos on anxiety, trying to be better, right? Trying to get myself out of the unknown. And then I noticed that I really enjoyed being out of the home and around people, community, And then you start to recognize people at coffee shops. You start to recognize the bar, the barista, and they know your name and maybe the the librarian. But that's what I noticed also that I felt like this connection was missing in my life. And not only that, though, Because I was putting myself together, I developed a stronger connection with Maggie because we were together at the time. I was a wreck, but we we developed along the way as I was working diligently on my mental health. And I noticed that when I would talk to her about my accomplishments, she would support me and she would support my aims and goals because you have to become selfish, right? Before you become selfless. And you have to really take care of yourself because we wanna take care of, we feel like we wanna take care of other people, but if you can't take care of yourself, who are you to take care of other people? You have to take care of yourself. If you're not doing well, you have to take care of yourself. Now, a rat, I'm going back to the rats, a rat who is isolated in a cage, taken from its natural environment, put in a cage, it becomes easily addicted to cocaine. But a rat in its natural environment who's surrounded by its family and the community and it's free to run and roam and forage, that rat won't become addicted to cocaine like the isolated rat. And that's interesting, you have to think about that because human beings are like that. If we're walled up in a city away from nature eating artificial foods and we're pumping our bodies full of alcohol or drugs or you know we're spending time isolating ourselves for people we have we i notice even with me i yearn for connection i yearn for for more and i in society watching these TV shows or being on social media project a lot of the time, you know, junk foods, oh, it's going to fulfill you. Or, you know, one night stands or, you know, uh, you know, the latest phone, gadget, whatever is going to fulfill you. But we're being torn away from our biological necessities by pursuing these meaningless pursuits. And I noticed with me, when I was living this hedonistic lifestyle, it was exciting because the novelty of going on a date with somebody or going to the club or the bar and buying the latest gadget or boots or jacket or, you know, smoking weed and driving around and listening to music. And so it was great, right? But none of that brought the meaning I was seeking. I was isolated and alone and unfulfilled. And what I really needed was responsibility. I needed to bear some sort of load. I was looking for uncertainty, but I was getting the uncertainty in toxic ways. I needed to pursue something higher. And I noticed today that relationships that are constituted just on desire like you know one night stands go nowhere very very fast and cause many more problems than initially perceived many problems and there's a big problem there right because when you value somebody and you and you pursue trust with somebody you're bearing a big responsibility But you also learn to trust yourself because you start to manipulate the world if you just desire sexual gratification. You start to manipulate and bend reality. And it's going to bounce back in your face. It's going to bounce back one way or another. You're going to ignore your biological necessities for love and connection, community, for trust. You're going to fall into a pit because I had no trust in myself. I was bending the world and then I could no longer trust in my capabilities of functioning in a world of total chaos. And that's where I'm going to leave you on this podcast episode. We can establish relationships in a coffee shop, library, or friends, family, I recommend you talk to somebody that you trust about the hardships. And I, I talk to Maggie. If I'm going through something difficult, I will talk to her and I will tell her how I'm feeling. And she's going to tell me things that I don't want to hear, but also that I need to hear. Because, you know, we want to take the easy way out when things become foggy. But if, if you're around people that tell you, you know what? If it's challenging the way that it is, it's probably worth doing. If it's easy and it's just a piece of cake, stress-free, then maybe, maybe not, right? Worth doing. Something to think about. But being around people that promote your higher aims, that support you even, you know, especially when you want to change, they support that. Please support this podcast. You can do that if you go to Spotify, you leave a rating review quickly. That's just quick. I re- I'd greatly appreciate it. That's all I ask. And then I re- highly recommend that you go to, over to iTunes even and leave a rating there as well. I'd greatly appreciate it, guys, because I, I notice if you guys do, and I, 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 I really, really appreciate it. Lastly, rise above anxiety. I'll see you next time. Brad's powerful anxiety recovery program is now available at unpluganxiety.com. The Anxiety Project program is downloadable and puts the power of anxiety recovery in your own hands. Visit unpluganxiety.com for more details. Recovery starts now.